Hi, this is Elaine Travis. I am a salon owner, expert colorist, educator, and author, and you are listening to Ask the Color Expert. Expert Podcast. I'm your host, Elaine Travis. I am a 30-year veteran in the beauty industry. I'm a salon owner, educator, author, and work behind the chair as a colorist three days a week. What I wanted to talk about today is the lack of customer service in the industry and how it affects your bottom line and your ability to build a loyal clientele. There's something that I've noticed uh, that's kind of the norm in the industry that I haven't quite been able to figure out why nobody else is catching on to this issue. I belong to a lot of forums on Facebook and I used to be on Periscope in groups there from the beauty industry and one of the most common issues for everyone is how do I get new clients? How can I get more clients? How can I advertise? Should I do Groupon? Should I do discounting? Should I not do discounting? How do I attract staff? These are all things that the common theme is turnover. If you built a loyal following and you gave them stellar customer service, you would not have to continue to look for new clients to fill your business on a regular basis. So I think that I wanted to talk about this today because I'm in the process of writing my online course. And as part of the course, I give marketing ideas. And I had like six or seven really successful marketing ideas. But then the next module, I had to talk about, you know, once you do all those marketing techniques and you reach your number, your sweet spot, number of clients, then you only have to do a little bit to maintain that number. You're always going to have a little bit of built-in attrition, meaning people are going to move to other states. Things are going to be out of your control. You could be the best colorist and giving the best customer service that you possibly can, giving the white glove, Ritz-Carlton, Four Seasons type customer service that we strive to give at my salon. That's kind of our business model. We want to be the Neiman Marcus, the Nordstrom, you know, not the Target, not the um, TJ Maxx or Marshalls. We want to be the high-end department store and give that extra bit of service. But even if you are on your A game with all of your customer service, all your systems are in place, your salon is impeccably clean, and you're doing everything you possibly can, you're always going to have, sadly, people are going to get sick, they're going to lose their hair during cancer treatments, they're going to pass away, they're going to have a niece or nephew that graduates from beauty school that begs them to now let them be their guinea pig, unfortunately. Most of those people end up coming back happily in your chair to get fixed because it's no fun being junior's practice dummy. Um, So that, not so much. But, you know, friends will find that occasional kitchen beautician that starts to try to steal your business by offering very cheap prices. But when someone's used to a Ritz-Carlton, Neiman Marcus type service, they're not going to last very long going to 
Amy down the street and getting their hair done in her kitchen chair with her family home and her kids running around under her feet and then putting her head in the sink, you know, having the the stylist take the pasta pot out of the sink for her to put her head in and get her highlights um, rinsed out. Trust me, I'm saying all this from experience because we've all done it in beauty school. But the type of client that you're going to attract and want to keep is not going to be likely to leave for that reason. But they will leave for other reasons. And you constantly have to be on your A-game and not rest on your laurels. You know, a lot of people get really booked and they brag about their waiting lists. And as a business owner and someone who travels and attends a lot of educational programs, I understand that when someone brags about their waiting list, all I see is someone who doesn't understand business and doesn't understand the wonderful law of supply and demand. So every time they have a waiting list, instead of getting bragging rights, they should be raising their prices in increments large enough to cause a little bit of fallout so that they have room for the really good clients that appreciate that um, five-star customer service. So that's a whole other lesson on the sidebar of supply and demand, knowing when to raise your prices, and I'll be doing another complete podcast for that. But if you're working and you're building a book, the magic sweet spot number seems to be 200 guests. And depending on where you are in your career, if you're just starting out and you have you know, maybe 10 clients, 200 sounds like a lot. But if you're at that one and a half to two year mark and you see that you have maybe 50 clients, getting to 200 doesn't seem that unattainable. And it seems easily in your reach and just, you know, takes a little bit to get there. But what I've seen hinder people's growth the most is, again, getting a little bit cocky. Oh, I'm so busy. You know, everybody wants to get in with me. Um, my schedule's so packed. And then the ego comes into play where the person says, you know, oh, so many people are leaving me nasty messages that they can't get in with me and they need to be squeezed in. So let's talk a little bit about squeezing in. I, I don't know where this came from. I don't know when this became a cool thing to squeeze people in. I don't know about you, but myself, as a client who likes good service, I would not be happy if I made a one o'clock appointment and I get to the salon that I'm visiting 15 minutes before because I'm in the industry and I understand that they want to be, you know, have me in the building and on time. And by the time I put a robe on and get taken to the sink and get offered a drink, use the restroom, that 15 minutes gets eaten up pretty quickly. Um, Unfortunately, the industry standard is a 30 minute appointment. I can go on and do a whole entire podcast rant about that. I don't agree with it. I don't think it is physically possible for anyone, regardless of your years of experience, regardless of your speed. I do not think that a haircut and blowout and visit with a stylist should or could be done properly in 30 minutes. I am a big, big proponent of consultation. 
I think that one of the number one reasons that you lose clients is because they don't feel heard, they don't feel special, they don't feel like you really paid attention to their wants and needs. So taking that time for the consultation is super important. I teach it in all of my classes, it's in my online courses, it's in my book. Everywhere that I try to share my knowledge and passion for the industry, that's my number one thing is the lack of consultation. It's huge. So if you're giving people a 30-minute appointment and you think for a second that that allows you time to squeeze anyone in, in between, it's just a recipe for disaster. And let me walk you through what typically happens. So you're... Your day hypothetically starts at 10 a.m. And you see that you have a client on the book every 30 minutes all day long from 10 a.m. to in hairdresser world, usually at least 7 or 8 p.m. We work really long, crazy days. A lot of us, such as myself, do not use personal assistance. So most of that work is done by ourselves. I book an hour appointment for my clients and I still feel like it's pushing it with sometimes some of the color services that I choose to do. So, you know, you have your 10 o'clock client and hopefully if you respect your business and you respect your client's time, you know the old rule that if you have a client at 10 a.m., 9.45 is on time And 10 o'clock is late for you to be arriving at the salon. You should, if you're a professional and you're trying to be taken seriously in the service industry, you should be in the salon, have finished your coffee, have your makeup touched up, look your best, be ready for that client. And you should have taken time to look over your entire schedule, see who you have on the book, Try to think about each one of those people. What can you possibly do a little bit different today to keep that client feeling special, feeling like you care about changing up their look a little bit? So if you are lucky enough to take your 10 o'clock on time and you do happen to somehow finish them at 1030, I still don't understand. I mean, a blow dry alone normally takes 20 minutes. So that leaves 10 minutes for a hello, how are you, a hug, how are things, and a haircut is basically an 8 to 10 minutes, which is crazy to me. So perfect world, you finish them by 10.30, and then say your 10.30 arrives at 10.35. That shaves 5 minutes off of your already too short of a time for a 30-minute haircut, and They still have to get shampooed, and God forbid, they pull out a Pinterest picture and tell you they want something totally different. Now you're in a mood, you know you're going to be backed up all day, and now every single client for the rest of the entire day is going to be behind by at least 15 minutes and annoyed. And this is all without that magic word squeezing in anyone that wasn't already on the book. Now let's go through and revisit the same scenario with a squeezed in men's haircut. In between, you thought you were going to squeeze them in between your 10 and your 10.30. And now your 10.30 is giving you the stink eye because your 10.25 squeeze in is being shampooed. And I don't need to go into detail on how this domino effect affects the entire day and every single client after that squeezed in guest. 
So let's say hypothetically that the squeezed in guest is your great client who you love, that guy who's very flirty and always over tips you and they're your favorite client. And then maybe your 10 and your 1030 are people that you may not love doing. So you say, okay, I'm going to squeeze, you know, Tim in between. So you're making Tim happy, but you're making your 10, your 10.30, your 11, your 11.30, your 12, and so on all throughout the day, upset and unhappy because now you're flustered, you're sweating, you're hangry, you haven't had any time to eat, drink, or go to the bathroom. You created all this by fitting in fabulous Tim, which was not necessary. And I just want to point out the not so obvious repercussions down the road. So fast forward six weeks from today, this day that you barely survived because you felt the need to squeeze in yet one more guest, and now it's five weeks down the road, and all of a sudden, you look at your book and you have a weirdly open day, and there's holes in your book, and you say, well, oh, did I go on vacation? Were people just not due because I took a day off to go to my son's recital at school? Whatever it may be that usually throws our schedule off, you try to look for an excuse of why people are missing. And myself, I always go back in the computer exactly however long my clients are on a schedule. My, my color clients tend to be four weeks so in that case, I would go back four weeks and I would look at that day. And sure enough, I would see that the day four weeks ago to the day was that frazzled crazy day when I squeezed in Tim. So what happens is the people that you didn't give that awesome stellar five-star service to because you couldn't, it wasn't possible because you thought you had more time than you do. There's only so many minutes in an hour and so many hours in a day. Every single person was affected. So you gave all those people in your core 200 that you should have on a rotation, you gave each of the people that day a reason to be open to shopping for another stylist. Now the new stylist down the street happens to be on a marketing push and she sends, you know, all of your clients that were in that day, which of course isn't going to happen. This is just hypothetical. Your clients get, you know, an Ulta card in the mail. Come to the Ulta salon and get 25% off any service. No appointment necessary. Haircuttery has a giant sign in the window. No appointment necessary. Stop in anytime. And that client happens to be desperate and stops in and really likes the girl Julie who did his hair and now he's Julie's client. And this all happened because you compromised your brand, you compromised your service, and you squeezed someone in. So every time you think that you're winning because that day your total was higher, you got more tips, um, you felt like you were winning because you had such a great day, in the long run, it's going to affect the amount of clients that are loyal to you and it's going to make you spend all of your downtime, your weekends, your time off stressing and going online and listening to other podcasts and going to webinars and seminars and business building workshops saying, how can I attract new clients when you had all the clients that you needed? 
but you took them for granted and you thought it was okay to squeeze in and give them less than awesome service. In my opinion, your 10 o'clock client should be looking at the same fresh-faced person. Your 8 o'clock p.m. client deserves to see that same face. How many of us, by the end of the day, have no makeup left on our face? Our breath, we can smell ourselves. It's so bad. Because whatever fattening, quick, garlic-laden food that was not nailed down in the break room got thrown into our mouth in the 12 seconds that we had when someone's color was processing and we weren't physically working on a client. So the next time you have a hole in your book, just reflect. What what did I do recently that was not 100% awesome five-star service? What have I gotten away from? Have I stopped reapplying my lipstick? And of course, there's, of course, there's going to be some guys out there listening. And for you guys, you know, do you have mints at your station? Do you make sure that you have fresh breath? If you are a smoker, make sure you wash your hands really, really well. Have mouthwash, brush your teeth, use the mouthwash. Be sure that you do not smell like a smoker. It's disgusting to touch a client with fingers that you just held a cigarette in. It's rude and disgusting. How would you feel for you guys if you went to the doctor and he did his exam and he was touching you and he smelled like cigarettes? And for you women, if it was a gynecologist and you walk in there and the doctor comes in reeking of cigarettes, how uncomfortable would that be? So if you want to be paid like the professional that you are, respect it, and you want your what you do for a living to be considered a profession and a career and not some fun hobby. Stop chewing gum behind the chair. Stop smoking right before a client. Stop trying to sneak in one more cigarette while your client waits with a wet head in an air-conditioned salon. Try to, on a daily basis, just, you know, if you do have downtime, step outside of your salon that you're working in and come back in just walk outside and come back in what does it smell like is does the smell of perm reek throughout the salon or a brazilian relaxer when you come in from outside is it raining and cold outside and you come into the salon and it feels like a meat locker it's so cold because us as stylists i'm guilty of this i am always hot i have very hot lights over my head because they're special color lights with special bulbs and they really throw off a lot of heat so i'm guilty of making the salon really really cold because i'm always hot but i always forget that my client has a wet head and they may be really uncomfortable just so that i can be comfortable so make sure that you dress appropriately if you run hot make sure that you wear clothing that you can be comfortable while your clients are also comfortable and just be conscious and aware of it and just look your best, act your best, always put the client's needs and wants almost in front of your own. It sounds horrible, but think about the last time you went to a new business and how foreign it feels to you. You may not know where the restroom is and that's an uneasy feeling for, especially if you're sitting for a while getting a color process and you think, oh wow, if I have to use the bathroom, you know, can I get up? 
is it okay to ask, you know, is she going to be upset? Is he or she that's working on my hair going to get upset if I get up? So I'll try to, when I take the client back to my chair, I always try to address those things when I'm walking them back by saying, I noticed that you're new to the salon. Welcome. You know, this is where our shampoo bowls are while you're here. Come back here. I'm going to put you into a robe. I kind of walk through each process. And then as soon as they sit in the chair, I take their handbag and I hang it on a hook so that they don't have it on their lap. I make sure that they're covered up with a robe so that I don't get any color on their clothing. And the first thing that I do is offer them either a cold glass of water a nice hot cappuccino with any of the flavors. We have all of the flavors that Starbucks has to make a cappuccino. Or if it's later in the day and they seem like they had a rough one, we will offer them a complimentary glass of wine. So water, cappuccino, or wine. I always try to feel out if the client seems like a chatty Kathy or if she wants to be left alone and just wants to relax. If you see that a client starts darting their eyes looking for a magazine, that is your body language to know that they're not a chatty Kathy and they don't want to be spoken to. So we'll, we'll talk about what we're going to do for the hair service. And then as soon as I see the magazine open up, I get quiet. I do my thing. And I only speak to them when I need to, when I have a question about their hair. And I always mention, you know, you're going to be sitting here for a while. Please feel free to tell me if you need to use the restroom. Um, look to your right. It's right where the exit sign is. The door is very heavy. So just push on it. You may think that someone's in there, but it's usually just that the, the door is really heavy. So little details like that make someone feel really at home and can really make a difference in how the client is made to feel. And all of that going on helps them to decide immediately, especially if they're a new client, whether they're planning to rebook. And the importance of this whole um, cycle of insanity of getting a ton of clients, losing a ton, getting more, losing a ton, getting more. The other most important thing to do in order to hold on to those 200 core people is to get in a really good habit of rebooking. So I don't want to make this podcast too long. So I'm going to leave you on that note. And I hope that you will join me for my next podcast on maintaining and retaining the clients once you have them and you stop squeezing in how do you get them to stay longer and what are some strategies to stay booked all the time so we'll take you from broke to booked in the next podcast thanks for joining i hope that you'll share this with your friends and i hope you've got a little nugget that you can use to make your business better